0: Check one, two batteries, not included. Remember that movie? All right. Well, good morning, everyone. There we go. Uh, We're glad that you're that you're here with us this morning. Uh, We are continuing a message series series called the Bible unabridged. And in it, we're looking at uh, the different tools that we can use to get the most out of the Bible. Uh, We're looking at really what the Bible is for how it can actually make a difference in our life. And so no matter if you were here last week or not, when we launched it, or if you read the Bible or you don't, we hope that this is actually a a help to you as you try to kind of get your bearings about your life and the scriptures and and how does that work together and how does God want to use the Bible uh, in your life. And so no matter where you are, uh, we want to just give you a perspective and some help so we can kind of. Look at the scriptures together and and determine how how can we actually use the Bible to make the kind of progress that God wants to give us uh, in life. Last week, we launched talking about God as the source of the Bible, and he has actually revealed himself to us uh, through the scriptures. Uh, Really, as we look into what he has told us, we find that he has self-disclosed himself so we actually can know him more so it begins with that idea of we've come with the Bible with this understanding and our our lens that we're looking through is that it's actually something that God gave to us. And this week we're going to be talking about clarity and how as we approach the Bible and understand its larger context and how the pieces fit together, we actually can see the right picture of how the scriptures can be a help to us. And so uh, we're going to kind of spend some time digging through a lot of information. And if you've been in class this past week or it's been like 25 years since you've been in class, you're going to feel like, wait a second, is this going to be like a lecture? It may. But I'm going to try my best to make it fascinating. So we have pyrotechnics that are going to be coming out of the... There's no pyrotechnics, I apologize. No fog. But we do hope that the resources that we provide will give you kind of this understanding of, well, how how do I get clarity from the Bible? And, And what's the things that I can learn As I dig into it before we do that. One of the things, if you're like me, as you try to learn something that we have to always fight against, is that idea of I I need to be an expert or I need to really, especially when you're dealing with things that are like ideas and history and people like I I need to somehow be a scholar to know and to learn. And sometimes with the scriptures, we can have that same approach. Like I, I need to be an expert. I need to be a theologian. I need to have read the scriptures every day for 25 years. And while that can help, what you find is that the, the Bible is actually not given to us to just for scholars or theologians or for pastors to appreciate and enjoy. It's actually given to all of us to kind of learn about God. And so I wanted to show a clip that shows some of the barriers that we face sometimes similar to how we may view art. And if you've ever seen art, you've been to a museum. I went a couple of weeks ago. You look at a piece of art and you think, I'm no expert and I have no idea what that piece of art is. And it can be confusing and sometimes it can be really great. and Sometimes you're you're just leaving there like, what was the deal with that? Here's a clip that we can kind of all relate to. Sometimes when we dig into things that we don't have experience with. I was at a party and I walked up to these people and they were talking about art. And I don't know anything about art. So of course I said, "Oh, I love art. Well, what museums have you been to? A single museum name. And I had just released I Love Art Like a Flock of Doves. (laughs) I don't know what to do. I'm standing there. And then I remembered I had read about a museum in France or something. So I figured I'm lying anyway. I might as well lie to get out of that first lie. There's nothing smarter than that technique. I was like, Well, I was in Paris at the (laughs) Louvre. Do you like Monet? I love Monet. In fact, I spent a lot of Monet when I was in Paris. What's your favorite saison? Winter. <laughs> Do you like Francis Bacon? I prefer Jimmy Dean pure pork sauce. So there you go. Nothing else. You got to see a Brian Regan clip at church today. But that's oftentimes when we are faced with something that we're not familiar with. That's how we can feel like we can fake it. And oftentimes we we can get into the Bible or our view of the Bible is like that, where we're just we're not sure we're just going to act like we kind of know what we're talking about. And then you you read a book and you're like, I have no idea what that means. I have no idea how to pronounce that name with 17 syllables. And they're from a land that I've never heard of. And oftentimes those can be barriers for you just thinking, well, I, I, I can't understand the, that Bible, that book. It's, it's ancient. It's kind of strange. And I have no idea what it's about. And oftentimes we can we can be like that where we just we're not sure what to do with the scriptures. We're not sure how the Bible fits into the here and now in our lives today. And what we hope to do in this series is kind of get past those tendencies that we all battle, the idea of trying to make it seem like we know more than we do or or the fear of just being confused to actually kind of find out what what can we actually learn from the scriptures that can actually help us get traction in life. And so we want to spend the rest of the day today looking at how do we get a handle and a firm grip on the scriptures? How do we actually get our hands around it so that we can make the most out of God's intent for the scriptures for our life. And so, first scripture I want to look at is found in 2 Timothy 2:15 and in that you find this picture of how God wants us to accurately handle the Bible. And so, any time that we spend reading the scriptures is helpful as we understand how the scriptures work together. And so, that's what we're going to do. How do we actually not just read the Bible, but find out the context and find out how the different pieces fit so we can actually have this view That gives us a greater understanding. In 2 Timothy 2.15, we have this, this teaching which is helpful from which we should view the Bible. It says this, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. There's this idea of the Bible that as we accurately handle the word of truth, as we have a firm grip, on the word of truth, the scriptures. Our life is actually different. If you've ever taken a grip of something and it's fallen through your hands, you realize that that doesn't help you. Uh, Last week, I actually had that experience. I was holding a mirror and it broke in my hands and it fell out of my hands in slow motion. It's weird how it was slow motion all of a sudden. And it landed on my foot. My foot busted up, busted open, bleeding everywhere. And I thought, you know what? I had a grip. It broke. And now I'm in pain. And long story short, my daughter, who was the only first one I saw, go get your mother. Go get Sam. Uh, Daddy, mommy, daddy needs you. And then she looks at my foot. Oh, no, mommy, daddy needs you. Long story short, sat down, looked at the wound, passed out all in a Friday. OK, went to the, you know, got the stitches, got it all. But what I realized was, is that that's really a picture of when you don't have a grip on something and it falls through. Sometimes, you know, it drops, but other times it can actually have an impact on your life. I, I felt pain from that and I spent an afternoon experiencing, you know what, you've got to have a good grip on mirrors. because If you don't you crush your feet, it's a lesson I learned the hard way. The same is true with the scriptures. Oftentimes, we can look at Yeah, it's a book. It might be helpful. It might not be helpful. I may need to read it. I may not to read it, but I don't really have the time. If I do have the time, I just want to blow past it like I do studying for a class. And I just want to read it and try to just get through it and then go about my day. And what you find is that we don't have the firm grip. We don't really read it to understand it and read it to apply it. It's just slipping through our fingers. It actually can hurt us. It actually can provide pain if we don't leverage the truth and accurately handle it the way God wants us to. Now, to have a firm grip on the Scriptures, it actually does take work. You actually do need to be committed to reading the Bible. There's going to be many things that you want to do instead of reading the Bible. If I were to ask you a survey, and you don't have to share it, but think right now, if you were to leave here and you had an hour free time, what are the things that you would like to do for one hour? You have a cell phone you're like well i got lots of things i can do check my facebook play a game text my friend take a nap but oftentimes when we think of what we can do in our free time reading the bible and getting a grip on the scriptures usually isn't on top of the list because we want to be entertained we want to just veg we don't want to kind of get our mind working but what you find is is while those things aren't bad in themselves They cannot help your life like the scriptures can because God uses the Bible in a real and practical way. So all of us, no matter where you are, the idea of getting a grip on the Bible if you don't understand or if you do understand it or if you live by it or you don't, it's crucial that you actually have to spend some time getting to know God through the scriptures. That's the only way you'll know if you want to follow Christ and it's the only way you know how to follow Christ. You have to accurately know how to get your hands around the Scriptures. And so I just want to spend the next few minutes giving you some principles on how you can accurately handle the Word of God in, in your life. And some of this may be you, you've done this before and it may be review or some of it may be you, you're hearing this for the first time. And so no matter where you are, there's a handout that has principles for understanding the Bible. Why don't you pull that out and I'm going to walk through this briefly. Here is principles for understanding the Bible. You'll see it has the Bible in a header there on the top. And I just want to walk with you some things that you can do as you try to read the scriptures that can actually help you get a firm grip that can kind of turn the light on so you can see uh, where to head. And I'm going to mention some resources as well that you can learn and uh, dig into if you you know, choose to just get a little bit more information, and please feel free to do that. You don't have to. but we wanted to kind of give you as much information as possible, so you can kind of leave here with some steps on how you can approach the Word of God to get the most out of it. And so here's some principles. I'm just going to run through these very quickly. The first is, the Bible is God's word, but He used human authors to write it. We talked about that last week a little bit. So it's important that we need to understand who wrote it and why and the history behind it. This gives you a sense of the, the culture. It gives you a sense of uh, the context. And so God inspired the Word of God. It's from Him, but He used humans to write it. And so the more we know about the life in which they were living, that helps us pull meaning out of the Scriptures. There's a, a book that's brief but very helpful called the, Bones Bi- the Bare Bones Bible Handbook. And you'll see it there on the screen. If you just like kind of a brief overview of How the Bible fits together. This is a really helpful book. And so I encourage you, you can find that on the Kindle. You can find it on Amazon, your local bookstore. Um, Please feel free to check that out. That can give you a really kind of concise summary of how the Bible fits together with this understanding of the authors and the different pieces and things like that. Number two, uh, here's another important principle. We need to ask God's spirit to give understanding. If if we do believe that the Scriptures are God's Word, He Himself makes it alive for us. And if you've ever read the Scriptures and you're reading and you think, I don't understand what this is saying. I don't know how this is relevant to my life. And you you just find yourself just disconnecting with it. Sometimes the greatest thing you can do is just stop and ask God, God, help me to see the things that You want me to see. God, help me... your spirit, help me to see the things that you want me to gain, the clarity that you want to give. And you you just ask him for help. Another helpful principle is we need to understand how the scripture fits together as it progresses and as it tells the story of God's revelation to us, uh, its makeup and the kinds of literature it contains. The scriptures have uh, historical books that are teaching us about the history of God's people. It has poetry. Now, you don't want to read a historical book the same that way that you read poetry because they're different contexts. They're different. The authors wrote them with different intentions. And so knowing the different pieces of the Bible also help us in in understanding. Uh, it's kind of like if you've also read one part of the scriptures, but you haven't read maybe the complete scriptures, sometimes your, your understanding is limited. I remember years ago I went to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But at the time, I didn't know it was a trilogy and I watched the part one and I was amped. It was like Christmas time and I was like, this is amazing. There's trolls and Vikings and all crazy stuff. And all of a sudden, the movie ended and I was like, that's really weird. Like, it wasn't really closure. I was kind of thinking like, that was awesome, but it's like missing something. And then somebody, you know, went to the movie and said, yeah, it's missing two parts. It's a trilogy. All of a sudden, my view is very different. One, I'm, fully committed. Now I got two movies in me that I got to come to, but two without knowing it was a trilogy, I was totally confused. I felt like it was missing things like the ring seemed really important, but like, what about the ring? Like I needed more. It was just on his finger. Where do I go from there? And that'd be the same. If you read the book of Genesis in the Bible and you're just like, well, God created Adam and Eve and there's lots of other stories. And that was a long time ago. Like, what happened? Well, that's not the only book. There's other books. It goes from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I'm going to dig into that. But it's very important that, that we see also that the Old Testament and the New Testament work together. And as you read further in the New Testament, you find out more about what the Old Testament meant because God is revealing himself. And through Jesus, we even the curtain was pulled back even more and we see a clearer picture. And so it's all connected. And so we can't just approach the Bible like one book and none of the books speak to each other. They actually... They work together. It's, it's one piece that God uses to speak to us, and so it's very important. Now, I want I want to talk as well. There's a helpful book called Thirty Days to Understanding the Bible. And this is also if, if you're just are trying to figure out how you can view the Bible more and kind of understand it. Th- this book's really helpful. Now, anytime you read Thirty Days to Understanding something, you're thinking, you know what? I don't want to give thirty days. I want to give five minutes. So here's my challenge. Read five minutes and see if you want to do the next day. Okay? And then once you read the next day, read the other day. And then from that, you can kind of see a little bit further picture. And so that's a helpful resource 30 days to understanding the Bible. Now, I want to talk a little bit about how the Bible is made up. And now, if you've kind of one of those people that have grown up in Sunday school, some of this stuff you're going to be like, yeah, Alex, I know Old Testament, New Testament, I had a song. I learned it. I memorized it. I grew up in Sunday school. I was the same way. My mom actually bought me a, a Bible once I memorized the books of the Bible. And I was all fired up. And it was like a college exam. Like, i got to memorize this so I can get the scriptures. And, and so, you know, I've got that in my head. Or you may be here and you're like, I have no idea. When people say a book of the Bible, you're not even sure where to start. And you have, you have one bookmark in your Bible and it's the table of contents. If you're that kind of person, I'm right there with you. I get lost Sometimes. Sometimes I know, OK, that's in the Old Testament, but I can't remember where that one fits with the other Old Testament books. So it can be confusing. And so I want to just give a brief overview of how the Old Testament and New Testament uh, fit together. And so here's a really quick tour of the books of the Bible. OK, so really quick tour. It's not going to be this whole picture. And so you're going to understand, and have just this great knowledge, but it'll at least give you a sense of how the pieces fit together. And so in the Old Testament... You have historical books and there's books that can be categorized into law, the law books. And these are Genesis through Deuteronomy. And this is a compilation of God's commands given to the Israelites. So if you want to learn kind of the original law that God gave and the Ten Commandments, that's where you'd find it. You find it in those those law books. And then you have history books. These would be like from Joshua to Esther. And this shows really what God has done in history and what he has said. And so you learn a lot about God. You learn about who he is through these books because you look back in history and you see how God has related to people. And so if you want to know more about God, it's actually very helpful to dig into the scriptures to see how he has related to people. How he's related to humanity. Because what you find is the God who related then and was very important, certain things that he held then, he holds it the same now. And so learning that can really help our understanding of, of who God is. There's poetic books, like I mentioned, in the scriptures as well. These would be uh, found kind of toward the middle of your Bible. The books of Job through Song of Solomon, including Psalm, Psalms and Proverbs. And these give a helpful truth and perspective. Uh, if you're kind of uh, an emotional type and you like emo music, if you dig into the book of Psalms, you can find like people that are going through some crazy stuff. And they're crying out to God, like, my life stinks. Where are you? You're not here. And then the next verse, like, I love you. I need you. You are here. You read this stuff and you're like, what is going on? But it's, it's showing kind of the human condition, the experiences that people face. So they try to relate to God and they try to figure out, like, are you there, God? Are you there? You find that a lot in the poetic books. Now, if you go into there thinking it's going to rhyme, it doesn't because it was written in a different language. And so it's not like a like a, this poetic song necessarily. But as you read the poetic books, you'll find a lot of the songs that we sing come from there. OK. And so that's a good place to start as well, just to kind of see the the raw emotion that people have as they're relating to God. And also just in there, the the perspective that God has from us, how he views us. And so you can find that uh, from there. Now, there's prophetic books. Now, if you want like crazy stuff, prophetic books, they got some crazy stuff. This is like movie material. okay? and in the, the. you know, it can be confusing at times and you're like, what is going on? I have no idea what that means. Well, you got to take your time. And again, you can ask questions. You can get resources. You can ask somebody for help. But in the prophetic books, you see how God's word was spoken primarily into the circumstances that the people in that period were facing, the nation of Israel. But you can learn as well from the prophetic books, again, more about God. And so even though you understand and you can gain traction on history and context, you also can learn how to take that into today, how, how that principles apply for the here and now. So there's a brief overview of the Old Testament. Now, the New Testament. Now, there's two kinds of people I've found oftentimes. This is a generalization, so don't write this down. There's people who have read the Old Testament and there's people that haven't and you may be here today and you've never read the Old Testament and you've read the New Testament. Well, oftentimes, if you're new to following Christ or you're new to this idea of the Scriptures, you hang out in the Old Testament and you get confused. Because you read a book by number, like called Numbers and you read like, it's just a lot of numbers. Unless you're a math person, you're like, this is, what am I, what is this? And it can be overwhelming. And so a lot of times you can spend time in the New Testament, but again, we don't want to spend just one time in one book And that's it. We want to look at just the the whole thing put together. And so the more you read and the more you read through the scriptures and see how the pieces fit, the more your understanding can grow. And so just a a heads up, no matter where you are, start with where you are and and ask God to grow your your understanding. So New Testament has historical books as well. Uh, Matthew through John. These are the history of, of Jesus coming into the world. And so you'll find a lot of the verses related to Christmas time, and a lot of verses related to Easter and the different holidays that we celebrate. And in there you find the teachings of Jesus. You find the miracles of Jesus and you learn a lot about Jesus through those books. And it's really the account of the people that walked with him and their their eyewitness accounts of the, the life that he lived. And so a good place to start is if you want to learn more about Jesus, you read those books, either Matthew, Mark, Luke or John. Then there's uh, letters, and these are doctrinal books where you can base a lot of Christian doctrine on and a lot of how the church should function, how the church should operate as well. And you have prophecy, uh, which is the book of Revelation. And this is really a foretelling of, of future events in, in the history of the world. And then you have the letters, and this would be like Romans through Third John. And these letters are practical instruction for how the Christians should live. And how you should speak and what you should think. And it's, it's very practical. But again, this idea of God revealing himself progressively, as you dig into the letters of the New Testament, you can see this bigger context for the Old Testament and how God has worked through history. And so the, the, the idea of the, the letters of the New Testament are, are like these footnotes that you can see and you learn more about the other things that, that are going on. And so it's sometimes it's helpful to start, if you've never read the scriptures before, start in the New Testament. And here there's like a helpful phrase, like open up a jar, like start in John, then you could read Acts, then you can read Romans. And that will give you a good start. And as you read that, again, you, you ask God for help so you can learn more and understand more. And so that's a really brief just kind of intro to how the Old Testament and the New Testament and a little summary of of how those fit together. But let's go back to the principles for understanding. Number four, this is actually really important. Scripture nowhere contradicts Scripture. So one passage, they explain the other. We should always allow the clear passages to explain the unclear. And so what's really important in the history of Christianity is not basing a whole doctrine on just one verse. Or you don't want to base the whole reason we do something on just one verse. You allow the, the, the body of the scriptures to speak for itself. And if you're looking at one verse and it doesn't make sense, you want to look at the other verses related to that issue as well. And that can provide clarity. Uh, number five, each book contains unchanging truth about God, people, right and wrong applied to and illustrated by the circumstances in which the people and groups found themselves. So the idea is God relating to humans 2000 years ago. There's a lot to be learned of God relating to us in the here and now. Because God is still God and humans are actually still humans. Now times have changed and our culture is different than the culture found in the scriptures, but ultimately we're dealing with the same issues. What's the kind of life that I'm supposed to live? What am I supposed to do when I don't live the life that I'm supposed to live? What's me and relating to others? What's me and relating to God? These are the core issues that we face today that they faced back then. And so a helpful tool as you get to know kind of the context and cultures and stuff is a study Bible. And there's a picture on the screen there, the ESV study Bible. That's a really helpful tool as well. If you just like to learn a little bit more, uh, you have a book that, Like in the the study Bibles, you have the Scriptures, and then below the Scriptures, you have kind of a commentary which explains a little bit more of what's going on in those Scriptures. Like anything, though, you want to make sure that you're spending more time reading the Scriptures than you are reading the commentary. Because the commentary is helpful and it gives insight, but you don't want to base your life and principles on the commentary. You want to actually base your life on the truth of the Scriptures, because that's God's Word to us. And so as we dig in, in the here and now, we ask God to show us, what are the principles that applied then that I can use today? And number six, here's the final stage. And here's really the key where we're going to kind of launch the rest of our time. It's key to understanding the Bible that we need to reapply the truths in our own life situations. And if you've been around Church in the Valley that long, you'll find that we we place a very high priority on actually living out the Bible on actually applying it on doing what it says, because while tools and resources can help us know more, very rarely do we need to know more than we do. Oftentimes we get stuck on the doing. Now, our brains can be full of all sorts of ideas, all sorts of resources, all different tools. But again, that the The idea of the Scriptures is to actually help us live differently. So we have to spend time not just learning tools and resources, but ultimately doing what the Bible says. And so one of the most helpful things each of us can do is decide before we read the Scriptures, even if you're not sure what it's going to say, even if you're not sure what it means, there needs to be a, a... a neutral heart that you have that you're willing to at least let God speak to you through it. We want to allow God to speak to us through the Scriptures because as He speaks to us and as truths come out of the page and hit us in the situation of our life, we begin to see things differently like we've never seen. And this is how God uses the Scriptures to actually change us from the inside out. So the key is, we can't twist the scriptures to get it to say what we want it to say. Did you guys grow up with the choose your own ending storybooks? You guys remember those? It was like a genius. Like I remember there was a period in my life where there was a book and the author decided, this is how it's going to end. If you don't like that, you get another book. It's my book, this is how it ends. Okay, author, I get you. It's your book. And then these authors came along and said, "You know what? We have five different endings, and you can choose the one that you want. And I loved those books because it felt like I kind of had power, and you know there were always like some dragon and troll kind of thing, and it's like Lord of the Rings Part One again. And as I read that and I choose my own ending, I see what happens. I'm like, well, what happens if I choose the other ending? And I go back and I choose a different one. All these things come again. I'm like, well, this is crazy. I'm choosing my own ending. You know, I was seven. It was awesome. It's before video games were really cool. Okay, I read books back then. And oftentimes we can kind of approach the Scriptures the same way. We have our mind made up about what we want to do and then we figure out what can I read in the Bible that gets that end to come about? How do I get the Scriptures to say what I want it to say? Well, there's a real danger in twisting the Scriptures. And that's why these principles that I went over are really helpful because they actually help us have the most clarity. These can help us stay in the guardrails for what the Scriptures do. And since it is God's Word to us, we don't want to change it. We don't want to alter it. We don't want to twist it. We don't want to put our own opinions on it, our own biases on it. Now, we are who we are when we read the Scriptures, but ultimately we have to keep working and keep working to allow God to speak to us as the Word is, not as we want it to be. We can't choose our own ending. God's already done that. And so there's there's this... Encouragement that you find in the Scriptures, specifically the New Testament, where they're encouraging the early Christ followers. No matter what you've learned about God in the history of Israel, no matter what you've learned about Jesus and His life, and they were talking to each other about all these things, and it was very important, they just always came to this point where we cannot forget what the Lord has said. And we cannot twist what He has told us to get what we want. And you see this in First Peter. There's a set of verses that I want to read that kind of paints how important this is to approach the Bible as it is without trying to change it for what I want it to be. It says this and count the patience of our Lord as salvation just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. As he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. They're talking about that Jesus and the second coming and when is he going to come back and people were confused. They weren't sure what to do and We'll find out what happened. There are some things in them that are hard to understand. I'm, that's helpful when I read that and think, well, there's some things I read in the scriptures that are hard to understand too. So you find this is in the Bible. There's some things that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away. With the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. So there's this idea again. The Bible, it's from God. He is the source, He's revealed Himself to us. It's the foundation on which we can build our life. But when we take a step back and decide that we want to impose our own views on the Scriptures and we want to judge it instead of letting it judge us. Our foundation is weakened. The idea is we're, we're stumbling. We, we cannot stand on it. That's what Peter's saying. We, we cannot stand. You lose your own stability. And then the, the, the charge, the challenge comes. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So there's a warning there for us in the here and now. There's going to be a tendency for us to want to manipulate God's truth to us. There's going to be a tendency, like we talked about last week, to kind of just cut the parts that we don't like or that we don't understand. And we just leave that over here and we focus on what we do understand or what we do like. The key is, no matter where you are, the things that you're unclear on or the things that are confusing to you, you have to take the time to work on getting that grip, on getting that handle, because God, through that, grows you. Just like anything that you face that you can't do, there's this part where you you have to stay after it. You have to ask God to help you, and as you do, you begin to see things differently. And you learn to rely on God instead of yourself, and this is the thing that He does. This is how He grows us. And the way that this happens over time is you have to learn to think biblically. It makes sense, right? Reading the Scriptures means you actually need to think like the Scriptures. Sometimes it's so difficult because we approach the Scriptures without the Scriptures in mind. We approach the Scriptures with just kind of our own views. And many times I know myself, I've come to the Bible... With my own opinions and my own biases, and in the midst of the things I'm thinking, in the midst that I have going on, the things that I'm concerned about, God hits me with this passage or verse that just my way is different. It just hits me. My way is different. And I and I read it and I ask God, well, God, what, help me to know what to do with this. You find that a lot as you, you deal with things on how to treat people the right way, how to love people. I have my own views of what that should look like. And oftentimes it's the Alex love that if everyone knew how to do, it would be perfect for me. It doesn't work like that. God has given me a view of love that's from Him. And As you read the Scriptures, you see what it looks like. And as you get to know Jesus, you see how it was lived out. You see the people that have been faithful to God, you see how they have lived, and you get this view that's different than what's natural in your own reflexes. And that's how God uses the Scriptures to change us. I want to close with, with a prayer that's actually found in the New Testament. And this prayer is, I think, applicable to us today. And this prayer is a, a kind of a cry out to God which is just asking Him to enlighten our hearts. And so I'd like everyone, if you could close your eyes, I'm going to pray this to God, and I'm going to close us in prayer. And I think this really summarizes the fact that we need God's Spirit to give us understanding. So I'm going to pray this back. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the Spirit of wisdom, And of revelation in the knowledge of Him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, which are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His great might. God, we do ask this, that you will enlighten our hearts. That You will help us to see You for who You are. That we'll see us and who we stand, who we are before You. And that the picture of reality will become more and more clear as we take time to read the Scriptures. God, I, I just ask for forgiveness for us when we put our hope in things outside of You and the truth of the Bible. Help us, God, to grow in our thirst and knowledge for Your Word. We may crave many things, God, but help us to crave the truth of Your Word. Help us to carve out the time that we need to read it, to understand it, ultimately to apply it. God, we need Your help and we ask You to do this in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Before the band continues to sing and we worship God with our offering, there's a few next steps that you can take today. Again, ultimately, we want to do what the Bible says and we want to apply it. And so these next steps are just some ways that you can do that. Uh, if you have some others, please feel free to jot that down and just kind of put in your memory so you can do that this next week. What I'd ask you to do is take out your connection card that Jeep had you fill out. And on the back of that, you can mark one of those next steps. And here they are. The first is you may want to memorize uh, 2 Timothy 2.15, the idea of accurately getting a handle on the Word of God. And so maybe you just want to commit that to your memory so you can just remember, this is what I need to be pursuing. This is what I need to be going after. Uh, The second next step is I mentioned some resources, and you'll see them at the the bottom of your handout. Uh, You might want to check out one of those. If you just need to kind of learn a little bit more than what you know now, Uh, Go ahead and check one of those out. Uh, If you're not sure how to get that, uh, let us know. You could talk to somebody as well that you're friends with and they can point you in the right direction. Uh, Last, we're hoping in the summer to have a How to Get into the Bible for Yourself seminar. And if you just would like to really learn in a practical way how to read the Bible, how to get meaning from it, how to apply these principles that we've talked about, Uh, we want to offer this to you. And so if you mark that, that lets us know the interest level and that will also help us figure out the best location and the time for that. And so if you're interested, we would love to provide that for you. Uh, Mark that on your connection card. I'm going to go ahead and leave and then we're going to continue singing back to God.